Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Style Guides podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things design systems, style guides, pattern libraries, and all that good stuff. My name is Brad Frost. I'm Anna Debenham. And today we're absolutely thrilled to have with us Maya Benari. Maya, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's taken a little bit of wrangling to sort of get all of all of our schedules sort of uh, in line, but I'm I'm glad we we're finally having a, a a chance to chat. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm excited for uh, for this conversation and see, see what comes up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I guess maybe the best place to start is to just sort of. Uh, you know, tell us a bit about your background and sort of, you know, where you're at and, and what you've been up to these last couple of years uh, and sort of how you got into this whole sort of, you know, design system world. Sure. So my background is as a web designer and I started just, you know, making websites for uh, nonprofits uh, mom and pop shops and, and and different design studios and things like that as as and the work with the nonprofits was really exciting to me and I and I kept thinking about oh how can I you know do technology for good and and from that I, I did a fellowship at a Code for America you know using technology of to help improve uh, cities uh, governments and from that um, I thought to myself you know why why not uh, you know, expand this to the federal and ATF was a new organization that was forming a new new office in the General Services Administration. So I applied for that and uh, got into to that role as a front end designer and have been there for the last uh, two and a half years. And from my time there, I've been working on a wide array of, of projects from, you know, that touch a lot of people in the public to things that are more internal, as well as this little thing you may have heard called the US Web Design Standards. That's awesome. And I'm just wondering, like, what is 18F? What kind of, what's their scope? What do they do? What don't they do? Sure. So 18F is an office inside of the General Services Administration. And we're sort of like a technology shop inside the government that other agencies can hire to help, uh, you know, build, buy, or understand how to use different aspects of, you know, technology and, and websites and web apps. So we're trying to bring a lot of, you know, modern best practice uh, data-informed design and development into the government. That's fantastic. I think what, what, a, what a fantastic resource to have available mm-hmm. to, to everybody. I think that uh, I, I, I think a lot of organizations uh, you're sort of seeing in the private sector for sure are like starting to sort of get the hint that, oh, yeah, we need to invest in this in technology in a, in a much bigger way. Uh, you know, historically sort of external agencies, you know, sort of played that that role uh but it's i I think what we're seeing is is and i think 18f is a is a testament to that this uh, sort of you know uh investment in in technology sort of getting getting those people a lot closer to uh to the the organization itself yeah exactly and a lot closer to the the root of the problem as well rather than coming from outside yeah well, speaking of the root of the problem, uh, so so you, you sort of talked about uh, you know sort of how you've been sort of 
working over these last couple of years to establish these these uh, U.S. web design standards. Um, you know, what what was that born of? You know, where, where did this uh, where did this whole initiative come from to sort of create a design system for the U.S. government? Sure. So you know, as many people might you know think of you know government websites, it's not typically you know thought of as like the best experiences right now in terms of usability. <laughs> what? Um, so Crazy. yeah, who, who would have thought? Um, but but I mean, there's a tremendous amount of of you know government digital services out there that touch you know millions and millions of people from you know having to, you know, try to get your benefits after you're, you know, in the armed services or trying to apply to be a U.S. citizen in the, the immigration office. So um, there's it it's re- really touches a lot of people. And I think collectively a group with ATF and the U.S. Digital Service U.S. Digital Services thought that um, we could be doing better even within our, ourselves and how we work on projects as well. So we asked ourselves, you know, this question, you know, could we create, you know, a set of tools and resources to help, you know, transform and drive, you know, government websites forward and really see if we can, we could help make something that could, could make a difference and, and improve, you know, the experience for the public, as well as developers and designers within government. So we, we started working together on, on this initiative uh, to do that. Was that the starting point of 18F or, or like, did you have something no, before? No, that wasn't the starting point of 18F as an organization. It kind of started from uh, sort of another kind of fellowship program that was inside the government. And um, the people there decided that they wanted to continue working on these projects. And, and, and so 18F was established to kind of be a bit uh, more long term as well as mm-hmm. instead of just coming in and out. Yeah, that's great. So, w- would you say that that sort of you know this this whole notion of of a toolkit or something it's like sort mm-hmm. of a matter of like s- scaling yourselves a little bit just because it's like you know the organization you're working within is just so massive and in, in 18F so far as the, uh, my understanding of it is is a little you know not that many people, right? So there's there's only so many of you and there's so much ground to cover. You sort of had to to sort of scale yourself in your brains. Is that, is that a fair assessment or is that, is that how you were thinking about that or is that off the mark? No, that, that's, that's definitely fair. I think a lot of it is also sort of like not wanting to try to recreate the wheel every time we have to, you know, work on a new project. A lot of it is like going from project, one project to another to making sure like there's some kind of, you know, consistency in how, how things are, how things work. Um, and just, you know, hopefully just trying to make things easier for people and, and make this process happen a bit faster for actually creating these um, websites and services so people can, you know, focus their time and energy on um, more more vital problems. Um, yeah. something, something that I love was uh, seeing a Trello board where you were talking about, I think, Mm-hmm. You, you had like different components that you're working on one of them was a date picker and um right. you were looking at other examples on other sites of uh, what they were doing and i remember you you found uh like the gov.uk date picker and you were talking about like the pros and cons of that and you'd taken some of their research as well and it's like it's so awesome that there are like two governments that are kind of sharing resources and and trying to make things better for everyone i, I just it was such a nice example 
Yeah, it's been amazing, and um, they're they're very supportive of us. We are big fans of them. There are other governments from Canada to Turkey who are you know reaching out to us to try to get involved. So it's like this whole kind of global community of trying to move you know public digital services forward for our you know respective governments. So mm. it's it's really really fun, really exciting, so encouraging. Yeah, yeah, and I think just even sort of taking a step back from that, I, I, I mean, like mm-hmm. obviously, you know, governments have are, are such, you know, minefields, and there's a lot of sort of red tape to sort of move through. But like, really, at the end of the day, these UIs are are you know, text images, form fields, right. data tables. It's like, you know, again, like the, the sort of ingredients of all of our, of our UIs are, are, are finite, you know, it's a, you could sort of wrap your, wrap your hands around them. So it's like, and, and so much of this stuff, like a date picker, or like a form validation and stuff like either is settled science or, or should be settled science. So it's like, I love how you said, it's like, let's, let's just sort of extract that those sort of best practices or sort of codify those best practices so that the team can sort of focus on, you know, maybe like, yeah, lopping off, you know, five different form fields from, from a flow or something like that, rather than going, oh, how are we going to handle uh, validating this email address or something? Yeah, right. That's that's exactly right. And um, you know, by doing that, it just it saves a lot of time, so you don't have to think of you know how should this uh, you know required label sit next to next next to it? Like, is this something that we've already you know tested and made made sure that you know it's the best and most usable pattern? So you don't have to worry about you know thinking that through again. Right. Uh, so. I would love to hear from you just sort of like, so, okay, so there's this idea of like, let's make a toolkit. Um, let's sort of go down this path. And um, sure. you've, you've written this great article uh, that sort of describes this, uh, this this sort of story of of the design system and not to like totally like rehash it here, but uh, it looks like you talked to uh, lots of users, um, in, mm-hmm. in sort of the creation of this. And what I'd like, what I'd love to hear from, and, and this is sort of something that I've seen in my own work, uh, with design systems is that users for a design system, there's sort of multiple sort of sets of users, right? There's the end users, mm-hmm. the actual sort of, you know, in, in your case, the citizens on the other end of the screen that are actually sort of right. using, using the UIs in order to sort of get something done. Uh, but then there's sort of like the users that are the, the, the people like us, right? The designers and the developers mm-hmm. that, that will ultimately be sort of, you know, ingesting uh, uh, a design system and sort of making use of that. Can you talk about like how at the beginning of this sort of process, like who, who were you talking to and like what were you talking about and sort of how did that, those sort of conversations shape what tools you were going to put in the toolkit? Sure. So I think in the beginning of the project, one of the first things that we did is that we all just decided to meet together with other designers and developers from other agencies in Washington, D.C. And from there, we did a few, we did a few workshops, including just like, you know, what patterns and components do we all need? What do we all use to make our, our websites, our services. And um, from that, you know, we just, you know, started writing on post-its and throwing things on walls and seeing from that, you know, what kind of patterns started to merge, where did the commonalities kind of uh, align. And um, we used that to kind of help 
inform, you know, what we were actually going to start to build. And, mm. and through that also, from, from my perspective as a front-end developer, I was very curious about, you know, what, what should the coding standards be for this? And, and how, do you, how do you please everybody? And the thing is, you really can't. So <laughs> it's sort of this, this territory of, of wanting to, to, to just create reasonable and understandable, you know, ideas or decisions for, for when you make things. And, you know, because on one hand, if you're too prescriptive, you can turn a lot of people off. Um, and but if, you know, you're too, you know, loose, then, you know, what's the point of it anyway? Yeah. Um, um, but anyhow, so um, after we kind of started to come up with some, you know, patterns of, of what we actually wanted to build, um, our team looked at sort of the, the top 10 um, top level .gov domains using um, analytics.usa.gov and just, you know, what are the most visited, you know, government sites. And through that kind of did an interface inventory of, of what, what we also saw in common there. So from that, we sort of combined that side with the in-person uh, workshop to kind of determine what would our first sort of limited set of components be. And, you know, we had, you know, at, at the beginning of this, our understanding was that we had three months to kind of put out an MVP of not just, you know, what the system is, but, you know, the website for the system. So everything all together. And um, so it was it was definitely a tall order. <laughs> and I think that time frame also, you know, created a, a limitation that maybe helped us kind of, you know, distill what were the most important, you know, elements and patterns and, and things that we needed to just um, build something. And, and we knew that we could, we could always, you know, continue and expand from there. But it really helped us figure out, you know, what were the things we wanted to kind of, you know, make sure we had or things that, you know, maybe weren't as necessary. That's such a nice process that you could all kind of get together and do that and just stick things on post-it notes and um, kind of decide how you, how you wanted to go about building it. Um, you, right. I know you do quite a lot of work around uh, testing each, each kind of component before you publish it. Mm -hmm. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because I know you do kind of browser testing and accessibility testing. Yeah. Like how how do you go from building a component to making sure that it meets all of your standards? Sure. So from like the very beginning of this process, we had, uh, you know, UX designers and researchers, um, visual designers, and then, you know, front end people. So at, you know, for this process, we kind of went a little bit step by step. And we had sort of the UX designers kind of come up with, uh, you know, patterns and wireframes, as well as usability and some accessibility guidelines. And, and, and from that, and they did that also using a lot of kind of, you know, third party research, like Nielsen Norman Group, and a lot of, you know, because it was three months, you know, we didn't really have so much time to actually test each component and each piece with users. Yep. Um, and then, but from there, you know, we, that got passed on to the visual designer who, you know, made sure that it adhered to, you know, whatever brand, you know, the brand um, and the visual aesthetic that we had, as well as, you know, things like contrast and making sure the colors, um, you know, are accessible. And then from there, it would get passed on to, you know, the front end people or, you know, people like me, and to make sure that I'm, you know, starting from um, very semantic HTML and then, you know, layering things on as I go. Uh, and then we also at ATNF have sort of an, an accessibility expert. And at the time we, we just went through with, with him and his kind of hundred point checklist of, <laughs> of making sure each pattern was, was accessible. But, you know, we also rely on a lot of, um, 
you know, tools and, and accessibility checks to kind of just give us a first pass to make sure that, you know, yeah. things, you know, things are, you know, you know, automated that we can check that we, we know and, and, um, you know, then test things, you know, individually, uh, you know, for that as well. I love but, that. Um, so that, yeah. As I say, I love it that it's kind of ingrained all, th- all the way through the process uh, that it's from the UX designers right down to the developers that you're all kind of thinking about this sort of thing. Yeah. And then I think, though, so I think and then in the use of these patterns, when other you know agencies are using it on their products, that's sort of when they can get into the nitty gritty of of, oh, how is this testing with users? And then hopefully bring bring that knowledge back to us to so we can continuously improve how we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I, def- I definitely want to talk more about that sort of feedback loop in, in a bit. Mm-hmm. But just like from the so it sounds like from the, from the very from the get go, you had this sort of three month window to like really get something stood up, and and I love how you were saying about like how the that constraint really sort of forced you to focus on what sort of the mm-hmm. the, the most sort of like high impact sort of patterns and stuff would be, and sort of just saying right. okay, like what's like the Venn diagram of like you know what's what's in the toolkit and like what you know are the like the top government sites like what are they actually sort of consuming and and that creates like a nice little sort of like you know here's what our meat and potatoes patterns could be and that if we got those in the toolkit then boom you 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 know you've solved 80 percent of the pain or something like that um Mm. uh and and i think that's really important i think like uh, just in my own work i think a lot of people see like i talked to loads and loads of different designers, developers, organizations, and they'll look at something like uh, Salesforce's lightning design system, or they'll Mm -hmm. look at something like material design and go, my God, like this is so comprehensive and this is so like, you know, so well done and so thorough and thoughtful and whatever. And and I, I think that a lot that intimidates a lot of people, you know, that sort of presents mm-hmm. prevents them from ever getting started. So I think it's great to hear from yeah. from you like that like three months is is enough to sort of stand something up and like knowing knowing that it's going to be an evolution or a process. Yeah, it ended up going an extra month, so it ended up being like four months, but you know. That's still, st- that's still, still tiny. Time. Yeah, that's still yeah. tiny compared <laughs> to a lot of, especially, you know, well, in the government world and stuff, you know, four months is, you know, like that's, you could have a couple conversations, I feel like. <laughs> or, I don't know. May, maybe I've been yeah. working with big organizations too long, but it's like some things can can really move at a at a glacial pace. Um, so, so cool. So, um so you started sort of stubbing out these patterns. You started building them out. You you were also sort of building like a, a, a home for for these patterns. So like a style guide that that sort of would like sort of wrangle them and present them and uh, to to users. Like what mm-hmm. throughout that process? Like how were you? sort of communicating with the outside world or the, you know, the potential users of the system and stuff like, Hey, this is happening. This is going on. Uh, you know, you should be informed of this or, and you should be getting excited about, you know, sort of this thing existing. Like I, I, I found that's, that tends to be something where it's like, if you're just sort of like, you know, doing work in isolation or whatever, and then going, hey, surprise, mm-hmm. here's like a thing. Like, did, mm-hmm. did you do anything sort of communication wise, like to just sort of, you know, increase the visibility of, of this work? 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great question. And I think, you know, the outside communications part is something that, you know, we're continue, continuously learning from and trying different things. I think from the onset of this project, you know, on one hand, like everything that we do at ATNF is open from day one. This wasn't on a private repository. Mm. It was public from the first, the first line of code. Um, but and throughout the process, like we did engage, you know, with with those partner agencies, like I, I mentioned before, from like the Department of, of Education and, you know, USA.gov. So we had sort of like a set of, of partners through this process. So if we, we would kind of come up with patterns, we would, you know, put, post this as an issue on, on GitHub and kind of draw the attention to get collect feedback from. But I will say that when we launched, you know, there are... 30,000, you know, people working in government technology um, Hmm. that work for the government. So it's, you know, there was a lot of people that, you know, maybe didn't know about this or felt left out. So we we definitely heard this response, you know, after when we initially launched. And and since then, you know, I think we've been thinking about, like, how do we, you know, engage more people and make sure that, that folks feel heard throughout this process and can give back. So I think since then, you know, we've opened a, a public Slack channel that people can join and, and just talk to us about anything around this, the standards. You know, we've, you know, done more, you know, emailing to government-specified listservs that, you know, we just learned about after, after launching, you know, this, this wealth of, of information that, that gets sent through those very specific um, government listservs. And, um, yeah, and then through that, it's, it's still an ongoing process where we like to, you know, blog about our work and, and we've been doing these Q and A interviews since then around, around people using the standards to really showcase, um, the folks using it and, and share that story, um, with everybody. So that's sort of, you know, how it's been going and how it's evolved and, and it, I'm sure it will continue to evolve. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think that those stories, those success stories are, are a real sort of shot in the arm for the system to say like, mm-hmm. hey, look, like this exists and this is useful. This is helping like real people and, and it could help you too. So um, like that that sort of, uh, yeah, design systems and, and marketing and, and it's a, we don't like to think of ourselves as, as sort of web designers and developers uh, unless you work at like a marketing agency. Like we don't tend to think of ourselves as marketers, but but like these initiatives are uh, require all the things that go into sort of marketing a brand new sort of product. You know, here here's what this thing is. Here's why it's going. You know, why it will make your life easier. And oh, by the way, here's other people that have used it and testimonials from them and stuff. It's like it's it is very sort of strange to find ourselves in those shoes. But but that's what's required in order to get something like this to take root. Especially if you're dealing yeah. with like 30,000 people. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll also say that, you know, the marketing of it doesn't, you know, end if, with just like, you know, very public, you know, declarations and stories. That's one piece of it. But I really think that part of the marketing is something you do on an individual level. And I, I had the opportunity on, you know, throughout my time here to kind of work with, you know, folks that, you know, have been in government for many more years than me and maybe have different ways of of doing things. And it was really sort of a learning experience for me to figure out how do I even position these standards, you know, and sometimes the way isn't by going straight at it. It's about, you know, focusing on the problems and then saying like, here are these cool things that can help us do that a lot, you know, quicker. But it's sort of like a give and take of trying to figure out, um, 
how to do that because a lot of people will be a little bit resistant to you know you coming in with something completely new and it's sort of like how do you kind of break break that down and just allow the communication to, to happen and, yeah. and make sure you're just on the same page of, of getting to the same goal yeah yeah Align, aligning it with with um their pain is is i think a great way it's like here here's what's painful to you and oh by the way here's how this thing might be able to help you yeah, and sometimes you have to also just break it down a little bit, so it's not like you have to use this whole thing, but, you know, maybe you want to use some of these, you know, colors or styles and fold that into your process rather than having to completely transform how you're doing things. So it, it really depends on, on each situation, but um, I think being open-minded and flexible has definitely been been helpful. So how do people typically consume the patterns? Um, do they, like, do you serve, a, like, an NPM package or something or or do they generally sort of pick and choose which patterns they want yeah i mean there's like a huge array of of ways that people consume this you know we do have an npm package so you can do it that way you can simply just download the the css files if you like and just you know add that onto your site if you don't use sas or or anything like that Mm. um you can consume it just by copying some some hex codes and, and using putting that into your your you know your website that you're using just to get some visual design feel into what you're already using. Um, and, you know, at, eight, at 18F, like a lot of us really use Jekyll a lot, which is a static site generator. Oh, and, I you know, because the amount of, <laughs> yeah, the amount of pro- prototyping that we have to do, it's, it's a really great tool. So we actually have like a, uh, a U.S. Web Design Standards Jekyll theme that, that's been really, really useful for a lot of us. Um, and then folks, you know, outside of government, you know, have been making Drupal themes and WordPress themes, and that's something that they've kind of taken their, the initiative to do on their own and have really kind of went with it, and it's been been really, really great to see. Other Also, other groups have made their own design system based off our design system, so it's a very kind of meta thing, but it's really <laughs> exciting to see kind of where where they're taking it and, and, and then pull some of that back in and see, see what we can learn from how they're doing things to help move it forward together that's that's fantastic i think i think that uh you're you're touching on something that's that's super super relevant and you know especially the bigger the organization especially you know the more technology that's in play it it can't be oh in order to consume the design system you you have to use npm or you have to use jekyll Mm -hmm. or you have to Mm -hmm. use sas or you have to use uh this technology or the other and what probably one of the biggest pitfalls i see with organizations sort of establishing design systems is that they hitch their wagon to like one technology like right now right now Mm -hmm. react is huge and so a lot of people are going oh yeah we're going to like build our design system and we're going to build it with react and it's like that's great but like what about the like 98 percent of your sort of you know software that isn't using react like now in order to get these like button styles you have to like replatform your entire thing which like creates this big barrier to entry so so i love like hearing like was that like very deliberate like on your part to just go like here's as far as like we're gonna take people or like you know we're gonna sort of you know put out these sort of you know some html some css and then like some of the 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 tools that we were using to sort of build them but like this is like meant to be sort of interpreted uh in in whatever way people people need to interpret it 
Yeah, I think I think that happened from also the initial thing of having like a big time crunch of really having to focus on what was important, and that was yeah the, the HTML and this core HTML and the CSS, and that was one reason with it. But also, you know, we can't we don't have the resources to create and maintain all of these different use cases. We would rather kind of stay you know focused on what our our you know greatest benefit is to to others and allow them to kind of take it where they need to take it. Um, but at the same time, like, I think we're very aware of, of, you know, what are the systems and platforms that people are using and, and how can we help this be sort of a leverage to kind of magnify or spread, you know, faster through through the standards. So we even have like this product um, that that's created uh, inside of 18F called Federalist, which is sort of like a, a static site generator thing. But it, it, it no, it uses Jekyll, which is static site generator. But you just click a button basically, um, and, and have you know you can have a website with a URL. And in government, that's it might sound like a small thing. Like I think that's pretty easy. But in government, it's like a big deal because there's a lot of security involved. So just to have that, um, you know, very easily. Uh, it's 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 very important, and we have like themes, like the Jekyll theme can be plugged into that, and then people can can leverage that. Um, so it's like a big kind of web of also trying to to be aware of what can we, uh, where are like the greatest benefits that we can we can leverage. That's fantastic. That's so cool. So so it's like you've taken the agony of of all of that sort of process of like getting a domain sort of yeah. set up like it's like so you can sort of spin this up a lot quicker than you used to be able to and and then you can have the the design system sort of patterns baked into that is that did i hear that right or, yeah yeah oh, that's awesome. yeah that's right super super cool um so so cool so so this thing's now been live for for how long like like how long has the or, or like what versions it at now and stuff like you're you know we've been sort of mostly talking about this uh, like first three months but like sure how, like where's it at now and like like who's using it and and sort of you know how have you been sort of managing like sort of like uh, you mentioned this earlier you know like the feedback from the people on the ground that are actually consuming this uh, and sort of like getting that that sort of feedback and those thoughts sort of back into the system and like how how are you sort of like managing the the ongoing evolution of the of the system sure so to to answer your first question like it's been we just i guess celebrated our two year anniversary at the uh the end of September, I think September October um, of when we launched. Yay! <laughs> so so yeah, eat, we're eating a lot of cake to celebrate Aww. that. And um, what type of cake? I don't know, just <laughs> American American flag cake. <laughs> there um, you go. And <laughs> and nice. and so so we're we're excited about that. We're at version one point four point one. We launched officially, you know, version one earlier this this year. So it was actually pre 1.0 for for a while which kind of allowed us to uh you know move a little quicker for that time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um so so that's that's where we're at with that and we have to date over you know 120 uh projects in the government that have used this probably more that we don't know about it's just like ones that we know about and uh that's touching around i think 60 million end users wow. of the public users from the, just the last quarter. Like if you just count like how many, you know, using Google and analytics, like how many uh, users that actually touches, it's around um, 60 million from wow. the last quarter. Wow. So yeah. And, 
a few people, you know. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> oh man, that's so cool. And then, and then, so, so, you know, so all these different sort of agencies are sort of, you know, mm-hmm. visiting it. They're consuming uh, the system. Like, what, what happens? Like, what does the process look like if they either sort of pull it in and they? It, they're like, ah, oh, this pattern gets me like 90% of the way there, 95% of the way there, but I also need it to do this. Or or if they encounter a bug or something where it's like, oh, th- I've noticed that, you know, I, uh, I use this pattern and then you click on the label and it doesn't focus the field or something like that. Like, I'm, I'm sure you have that stuff covered, but let's just, as a hypothetical, like, wh- like how do people who are actually using that the system like how do they sort of know to sort of get back in touch with you and like how does that sort of how do those solutions or extensions or whatever sort of make their way back into the system like how are you managing that process sure so there are like a few ways to communicate with us and to report those kinds of things we have like an email that people can just you know send us to to let us know certain things uh, we our whole repo or repositories on GitHub, so a lot of times, you know, we like folks to sort of you know open issues when they find bugs and and have requests and, and things like that. So we have a very uh, extensive you know list of issues. I think we're at just we just went under two hundred. Uh, we're working on culling them, culling them down a little bit. But we have around you know two hundred issues to kind of sort through. And then and then lastly, we also have that sort of Slack group that we created so mm. people can just chat about different things or different ideas with us as well. And then actually, the real lastly is that we, we started doing um, these calls with feds uh, once a month where we kind of have somebody, you know, chat about what they're working on with the standards or their experiences with it so we can all just kind of get together once a month and, and hear, hear out, you know, what, what everybody's up to. I started sweating when you said 200 issues. <laughs> yeah, it was this this week it was at 2 250 and we have sort of a new effort around this, the standards recently and we're we're working on cult, you know, you know, working through them so closing some old issues and and, and trying to fix ones that have been hanging out for a while. <laughs> I I I heard that number. I was like, "Oh, that's no big deal." Like that <laughs> like you're like reaching 60 million people. I'd say 200 issues yeah. is pretty dang good. Well, when you put it like that. <laughs> uh that's that's awesome though. But like I, I you know, I, I asked that question with like a, you know, very specific sort of aim in mind just because it's sort of right. another one of the pitfalls that we see is is sort of you know you can create all these tools and stuff and you know people can use those tools but if there isn't that sort of feedback loop there if there aren't aren't sort of channels and and accessible channels for people to sort of you know you know sort of share back then it becomes a sort of very like sort of one-way street and um uh so so i think that that's really awesome to hear like a sort of like regular like monthly meeting you're saying I think is is really cool to, mm-hmm. to be like oh this is like a time everyone knows that we're going to get together and talk about this stuff I think that like I'm starting to find that in in my own work that it's like sort of really setting that stuff up early is is a great way to sort of get it you know get that instilled in the in the culture I guess cool um well so what's what's next for the system like what what's beyond sort of squashing bugs <laughs> yeah it's funny our sprint actually these next two weeks it's called um sprint bug squash that's sort of like yeah, there we go. <laughs> so yeah 
So beyond Sprint Bug Squash, uh, we are are kind of hoping to really take another look at the standards, you know, after a couple, you know, two years of being out there and trying to understand, you know, what will it take to make it a more mature, stable uh, and robust system and platform. And um, there's a lot of, you know, new things happening in the design systems lands. And, and I think that, you know, things around kind of perhaps utility classes that maybe we didn't leverage as much as that we mm, could have as mm. we could have is something that we might be dipping our toes into in the future um but yeah we sort of have sort of a new effort to kind of look at things very holistically uh and and kind of decide what what kind of comes next next so um i would just say stay tuned so some yeah. some good things are going to be happening that's great yeah those utility classes are, are real nice at, at a system level, I think that they really provide a lot of value to be able to go, oh, I, I need this, but then I just need to tweak it a little bit. And it's like mm. to have like a systems way of doing that rather than feeling like you're hacking the crap out of everything is really yeah. helpful. So very cool. So I think we're, we're just about um, up to our time limit, but I've got one more question for you. And it's kind of based on what you were just saying, how do you measure the success of the design system? Like, how do you know that, that you're doing the right thing? I mean, that's, that's a very good question. Maybe even, you know, philosophical a little bit, but <laughs> I think that, I think that the, some of the results, it's sort of two twofold, you know, we want to ensure that we are kind of creating better products or facilitating the creation of better products for the American public and that's going to be done in a way through the people using it. And so I think that's mm-hmm. the other part of the fold. It's like, are we are we successful? Are, are you know people using it? How many how many projects are kind of picking this up? You know, what is what is their experience of of using this? And um, I think that's you know the reason why this system is still here. It's because it's it's definitely helped a lot of folks kind of do their jobs. So I think that just continuing to help people. Uh, do their jobs and, and make their jobs and their, their lives easier uh, and, you know, speed up development and, and whatnot and make sure that we have a lot more high quality, accessible code being produced uh, is sort of like a measure of success, if you will. Mm. Mm. So, so you're saying it's like, like sort of bugs around things like accessibility, like you can sort of like measure that stuff, right? You can say like, oh, this many people like sort of floated up these accessibility bugs and as the system matures maybe you see less of those yeah and um yeah there's different ways i think of like you know automating some some checks on on websites and and making sure those you know those come down but also that you know more holistically it's it's more accessible for anybody using it would be would be a great thing to do oh man that's so cool i i think that that's fantastic i like Wow, what a project. <laughs> like, I, I, just, I can't, like, you know, sort of reading your posts and stuff, and I heard you talk at Clarity about this stuff, and the, sort of the whole time I was just sort of shaking my head at just sort of the, the magnitude of this. And, and after talking to you further about it, I'm still shaking my head at the absolute magnitude of, of this initiative. But I, I think that, you know, it, it sounds like you've just really – executed this thing brilliantly and uh it's standing on solid ground and and so i guess all that's to say is congratulations to you and your team 
Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been definitely a, a great project to be a part of, and I'm and I'm really grateful I got to kind of go on this ride. And we had a, a you know innumerable amount of people that have been you know so helpful and, and owe a lot of credit to along the way. So very very grateful for for them as well. Excellent. Well, and and thank you again for for sort of sharing and and for all the ATF team and stuff to continue sort of sharing. Uh, you know, these findings and sharing the actual sort of, you know, standards themselves and all that sort of open source work. I just think that, you know, I think it's very much in this in the spirit of the web. And, and like mm. you were saying earlier, just, you know, governments helping governments and people helping people mm. and designers helping designers sort of do, you know, do better work and, and help more people. So uh, thanks for that, too. Awesome. Thanks yeah, so much. You set a very high bar and I love, <laughs> I love learning from, I love reading all the things that you put up and uh, picking through a code as well and kind of being like, oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> Thank you. And we're, I mean, we're learning from all you as well. So keep, keep it up. Yeah. Yes. In the spirit of sharing. Love it. So yes. Maya, thank you so much for, for sharing your experience with us and, and yeah, let's keep it going. Looking forward to, to sort of seeing what's next and, uh, and thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.